Hello and welcome to In the Pocket Across the Pond, the NFL fantasy football podcast from the UK. I'm Alex Brindle and I'm joined by... Lewis Brindle. And Alex Sharples. Nice to have you, lads. So, week seven is done. It, I don't know about you, but I thought it was, again, a pretty bad week for fantasy and real-life football, uh, certainly scoring-wise. The the game's picked up in the late window on red zone, but scoring is well and truly down on the year, and I thought that was quite noticeable early on. Uh, any games stick out to you, though, Lou? Um... I mean, yeah, there was a few unexpected victories this week, I thought. Like some of the teams that were underdogs, the Burrs beating the Surgeon Patriots, Mac Jones being benched in that game. All part of the Bills' grand plan, I'm sure. Um, Seahawks beating the Chargers pretty convincingly as well. Um, and obviously the Buccaneers and the Packers losing in games they should have been winning. So it was a week of unexpected victories, I thought. But, I mean, I know that um, Sharples has something to say about Thursday night football. Hmm. Hmm. For all the wrong reasons. Yeah, it was a, it was another shootout. It was another great edition of Birdwatch because so far all the games have been dead interesting. But, unfortunately, the Saints were slayed by the Cardinals. 42-34, um, absolute shootout. But second quarter, really, is where it got away. 25 points scored by the Cardinals. And from there, the Saints are playing catch-up. Looked like they were getting close, but no cigar. So unfortunately, you know, a lot of people start the season with thinking, how hard is it to beat these in these bird teams? You know, they're just squawking around. Well, this is why it's never been done, right? This is why it's noteworthy. You know, it's tough. So unfortunately, they bow out at two and one. I don't think we're going to follow it close anymore. We'll probably pick up at the end of the season and just do one last check-in. But yeah, unfortunately, this, you know, I couldn't make history this season, but hopefully next year, if the NFL schedule is a kind to us, we'll uh, we'll go again with another bird watch. Yeah, it's a shame. There was probably some people who tuned in just for the bird watch. Uh, I think bye so. bye to those bye bye to those mm, listeners. Thanks for listening. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll come on to the the Packers and the Buccaneers just towards the end of this segment. But indeed, the the Thursday night game was actually quite a nice surprise, just because there was tons of fantasy points. And we're not used to seeing that on a Thursday night. I would say that the big play Bengals are also back. Mm. Uh, the big the big play Lions are not, though. Um, I think that team just needs to get healthy, obviously. Nice win for the Cowboys. Bit of a rusty start for Dak. But the Lions were a really fun team to watch earlier in the season with a lot of fantasy points. And, of course, they're missing some pieces, but they need to get that sorted. The Raiders put up a lot of points against the Texans. It's a career year for Josh Jacobs so far, I yeah. would say. I, I just yeah. on Josh Jacobs, I was I was thinking that like running back wise, Jacobs and Eckler have just absolutely dominated for like the past month. Um, I think it's the the third thirty plus fantasy point game in as many weeks for Jacobs and the third in four weeks for Eckler. Just bossing it, both of them. Yeah, Eckles just been going nuclear, but that Chargers defense is terrible. Yeah. Like Herbert's throwing the ball, he's throwing the ball a million times a game, but kind of to no one. And I, I don't know about you two, but I don't have very high hopes for the Chargers in terms of what they can get out of this season now. I mean, the the Seahawks, they lost to the Seahawks, who are playing quite nice, and they they have a shot of winning that division. 
But the Chargers are one of the most disappointing teams uh, of the year, I would say. Yeah. I mean, Chapels, go ahead, Chapels. I mean, I was just going to mention the Chiefs that, like, um, yeah, the well, have no chance. But for me, that I mean, that you, that that was the most talked about division, wasn't it, at the start of the season? Mm. You know, the Chargers, the Raiders, the Broncos, and the Chiefs, and where are they all going to finish? But unfortunately, that you know, the, the Chiefs are doing fine, but Raiders, Chargers, and Broncos just can't get them together. So, um, yeah, I, I don't. Can we predict where it's going to stack up, boys, or is it still up in the air? I think it's the Chiefs. The Chiefs look great. They scored with ease at the weekend against a decent 49ers defence. I think it's the Chiefs walk that division. Speaking of them, though, the Chiefs wide receivers, um, McCall Hardman had three touchdowns this week, uh, one through the air, two on the ground. And Juju Smith-Schuster had his second straight game with five or more catches and over 100 receiving yards and a touchdown. Are we are we like are we any closer to finding some sort of rhyme or reason to this wide receiver room at the Chiefs now? No, <laughs> no. You're playing Travis Kelsey, and that's kind of it. And maybe Clyde, uh, even though I don't know if you saw lads, Pacheco was the starter. <laughs> like that mean like that means anything. <laughs> it just means that he's, sta- he's he was the first to stand on the field. Um, mm. but no, I I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't feel confident playing any of them. I mean, it's annoying. I was against MVS in the league, and it was annoying seeing him like tick up to about fifteen points, even though you were kind of like he's not doing anything. Um, mm. But he was just getting some nice yardage. But yeah, Lou, you mentioned the Patriots versus Burrs before thirty-three to fourteen to the Burrs. Is is there any better way to sum up this season so far? Yeah, just absolute nonsense, really. Like I don't the 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 Patriots had been really, really good. I think I had them as my impressive victory last week or the week before. I thought they looked great. I thought this was, this was a game that they would just walk. And yeah, well, that has been the theme this year. In games that you expect teams to do well, they crumble. Mm. Yeah, like, and the Bears knelt on the ball. Towards the end of the game, they could have, they could have put up forty points in Foxborough, which is, which is crazy. But of those those two games that I wanted to to single out, Packers twenty one twenty three Commanders and Buccaneers three twenty one Panthers. And even saying Panthers, it doesn't do it justice. We need to say like half the Panthers. They had like no coaching staff. They just traded two of the best offensive pieces, third string quarterback, and they put up twenty one points. Rodgers and Brady both struggling. Which which whole situation, be it team, offense, and quarterback, are you most concerned about this season? Out of those two, Sharples first. Uh, I mean, it's tough. Um, I think the Buccaneers overhaul overall have the better pieces. Uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Fournette. Uh, I think are probably head and shoulders above uh, what the Packers have got. Aaron Jones aside. Uh, I think all the sort of Packers wide receivers blend into one, um, but I think at this point in the career, Rogers is is better than Brady. Um, it, it's tough. I think I think I'm more worried about the Buccaneers because, as I said, they've got all these weapons and yet they're still not doing anything. And it's like, what is the solution? Because I don't I don't know what the problem is, and I don't know. Therefore, I don't know what the solution is either. It just looks like something's not right. Whereas with the Packers, you think, right, you know, Devontae Adams is gone. 
we need to settle down. We, you know, Rogers needs to get a bit in sync with the wide receivers, and you know things could move. But the Buccaneers, it's just yeah. If if you don't know what's wrong, how can you fix it? Uh, I'd agree. I would be more worried about the Buccaneers purely because with the Packers, same head coach Matt Lafleur. I mean, I know he's had Aaron Rodgers his whole head coaching career, but he's a decent head coach. He gets wins. It's it's still his system, although you've lost Devontae Adams. Whereas the Buccaneers, I know, I know Todd Bowles was was he the defensive coordinator? Um, I believe so. I, yeah. I, I so. Which is ironic, considering the defense has been has been pretty rubbish. Um, that's well, what, maybe that's, well, that's maybe it's, the... maybe it's because he's been distracted and he's not been able to focus on the defense. Yeah, true. So obviously, him being promoted—not that he didn't deserve that promotion—but it sort of set things off whack a bit. I don't actually think I don't actually think him taking over as a head coach has affected him as much as whatever's going on with Tom Brady. I don't know what's happening to Tom Brady, but it's it's not good. Um, and and yeah, I mean, you know, Green Bay, they've they've been in games, they're still decent defensively, whereas when when I'm watching the Buccaneers, it's just it's painful because as she says Sharples, they've got all these offensive pieces, they've got a great defence, but they're not doing anything and they're losing. Mm. Yeah, I I would agree that I'm more concerned about the Buccaneers, you know, the, the Packers, they're putting up consistently more points and you can kind of see that the Packers are still working things out with these new wide receivers and how to use those two running backs. Um, so you can give them a, a little bit of a pass for that and I too think Matt LaFleur's a, a good head coach. The Buccaneers, it's kind of like your players are already ready, set to go, you know, Fournette, Evans, Godwin, they're all there, ready to be used. The defense is there, and and yeah, Brady just he looks distracted, and I didn't think it could get any worse than the week before. But it's a pretty, it's a shocking loss, and they really need to pick it up because that division's there for the taking, you know. So the it, worst division in the NFL. Them. Definitely the worst division in the NFL. No, it, it, it is. There's yeah. no, no one in the NFC South has a winning record. <clears throat> yeah, it's just um, it's frustrating watching the Buccaneers because it just doesn't seem like Tom Brady's dialed in. And, you know, he, he owes Todd Bowles more than that. It's a bit weird that Bruce Arians is still knocking about. I feel like that's kind of undermining what they're trying to do. But, yeah, so we're in agreement of the Buccaneers there. But... What about uh, our three little categories for the week? Not buying it win. Lou, what's yours? I went with the Bears because I know I know they they give the Patriots a beat down, but I still I'm still not buying it over the course of the season. Sharps? Yeah, Panthers for me. Um a press impressive win against the Buccaneers, but as we've said, there's something definitely wrong with the Buccaneers and for me, the, trading all those players away, they're just giving up the white flag. I think they're going to start tanking. Um, and yeah, I just don't trust it long term. Yeah, I have the Panthers for the exact same reasons. What about an impressive victory, though? Sharples, back to you. Uh, my impressive victory was the uh, Seahawks. Um, 
put up a lot of points um, against a good Chargers team. I think uh, special mention to, to the to the Bengals, but um, Seahawks for me really coming out and showing that they are a team you know to be respected. Um, so yeah, them for me. Luke, yeah, Seahawks for the exact same reasons as Sharples laid out. Came out good on defense, scored a lot of points. Impressive win. Yeah, nice. Uh, mine's the Bengals. You know, because it looks like they're back to playing how we know they can win. They've stopped trying to force Joe Mixon the ball. Joe Mixon's better as a complementary piece to the offense rather than the whole offense. They're slinging it around. The Falcons have by no means been terrible, and they just, you know, they just wipe the floor of them. So I like the Bengals a lot. And who is the worst team in the league? I, I want to start this one because I, I want to just say it, it's a tough one. This because. There are only about three or four teams that are clearly amazing and the best teams in the league this year, or even two, you know, uh, Eagles and Bills and, and Chiefs three. There are, no, But I, I don't think there's any team that is clearly the worst. Of course, you've got, like, the Panthers and I think the Falcons, who you expect to be near the top of the draft next year, come the end of the season. But they've won the first year of game so far, so the teams that stand out, as the worst are those that just leave you with a bad taste due to what due to what you expected of them. So that's why I'm saying the Colts, and I'm sure we'll get into to them more later. But it's just a team in complete disarray. Uh, Lou, who's, who's your worst team in the league? Um, I, I hate to say it, but um, it's the Lions. They've been outscored fifty three to six in the last two games. They're not even fun anymore. So the Lions. Yeah, that, that kills me. What about you, Sharps? Yeah, similar to you, Al, in terms of compared against expectations, Broncos. I was I was so happy when Wilson came aboard. I thought, great, it's going to be clicking. I mean, nine points against the Jets. Nine. <laughs> Good defence. Good defence, but there's no excuse for nine points. Sorry. I, on yeah. on, on defence, I just want to say, before we get into any other section, um, like, I know, like, us and a lot of other like fantasy football sort of outlets and voices and stuff have been moaning a lot this year about the lack of scoring and stuff, which is valid because we're playing fantasy football. Um, but I, I think touchdowns are down like over 100 from this point last year or something like that. But I do want to shout out the defences so far this year because they've been absolutely turning up. Um, a lot of the great players that we've seen so far this year have been on the defensive side of the ball just this week. There were three incredible goal line goal line stops. One by the Bengals. Um, the one on was Pitts, it Awuzie yeah, on, on, um, on Kyle Pitts. Unbelievable tackle. You had Demarcus Lawrence for the Cowboys, sort of like clattering through four guys to force a fumble by the Lions on the goal line, and then an amazing game clinching goal line stop by the whole Giants team uh, instigated by Fabian Moreau. So I feel like we do. Although it's not the focus of sort of fantasy football on this podcast, we do have to shout out the defences have been good this year. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what it comes down to, really. But before we before we move on, speaking of all these teams that are performing and underperforming, I thought it would be nice <laughs> to reminisce a little about our Super Bowl picks. Oh, it's going God. to be pretty obvious in a second why I wanted to bring this up. <laughs> um but Sharples, do you remember? Do you remember who you picked 
Yes, I do. Uh, I was happy with one half of it. I said it was going to be the Bills versus the Rams. Uh, what scale of one to ten? How confident? Uh, um, three. Yeah, fair. Uh, Lou, do you remember the three choices that you gave us? <laughs> uh, I forgot you'd done that. <laughs> enlighten me. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll give you them, and then you rank them into most to the least likely to happen. Bills versus Rams, Chargers versus Bucks, Vikings versus Colts. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> is that the order? Is that the order? Yeah, that's the order. Even though that that top one is very unlikely. Anyway, wow. Um, Cool. I can't believe you said that last one. Listen, this was the start of the season before Matt Ryan died. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And yeah, just to throw it out there, mine was uh, the Bills versus the Eagles. Um, But let's move on to some, uh, the worst worst part of the podcast. Lou, I'm going to throw it over to you to run us through the injuries this week. Yeah, this, this is getting... This section's getting longer and more painful each week. Um, So, Brees Hall, season-ending ACL to gutting, really, for fantasy teams, but gutting for this player. Um, You hate to see these young guys like, you know, Brees Hall, Jamani Williams, suffer these big injuries, but seems to be happening a lot more recently. I don't know why. Maybe it's the turf. Whatever reason, it's it's not good to see. So, Brees Hall's done for the year, unfortunately. Um, Mike Williams suffered a high ankle sprain. He's going to miss some time. And on the Chargers, JC Jackson, big defensive piece for him, also season-ending knee injury. Amanra St. Brown exited the game against the Cowboys in the first quarter um, after just one catch with a suspected concussion. And he was ruled out for the rest of the game pretty swiftly. Um, but despite that, Dan Campbell, the head coach, says that he, he didn't suffer a concussion, but was ruled out because of these new protocols. So going to be seeing this a lot, really. So he, he could play this week um, if he if he's medically cleared and he, and he didn't actually suffer a concussion. Ryan Tannehill suffered an ankle injury against the Colts, but he did come back in after just a single snap and play the rest of the game on like one leg. So monitor that. DK Metcalf had a knee injury. Won't require surgery. Might miss time, but very determined to play as soon as possible. Um, Just monitor it. Alan Lazard left the Packers against the Commanders in the third quarter with a shoulder injury, so yet to yet to see if he'll play this week. This is a big one. David Njoku, high ankle sprain. He's going to miss some time, and David Njoku's been really good, uh, especially as a tight end. And um, Juba Hubbard, running back for the Panthers, Ankle sprain. He's going to be questionable for this week's game, so just just monitor that one. Yeah, and that last one becomes even more relevant when we look at the couple of trades that happened last week. Obviously, first of all, McCaffrey traded to the 49ers. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll start on this and I'll give you guys the floor. I, I'm not a huge fan of it I might be in the minority but it, it's just a lot to give up you know a second a third a fourth pick this year and a fifth pick next year I just don't know how McCaffrey makes the 49ers that much better where we view them as a lock for the Super Bowl this year you know 
they've never had problems running the ball. They, they've got running backs that hurt, but you've got like Elijah Mitchell who's hurt. He's coming back soon. Jeff Wilson's been running nicely. Debo gets into the backfield and he's explosive. There's there's no doubt that that position, the running back position for San Francisco is improved with McCaffrey's arrival, but I don't know how improving that specific position improves them so much because I don't think that was a, a problem for the team. You know, We know that San Francisco's problem is at quarterback, and now when they get Trey Lance back next year, they have limited resources to go out in the draft and support him for the future. You know, I would also say that mixing a player with the injury history of McCaffrey with the injury history of the 49ers franchise over the past five years does scare me. But, yeah, I I think fantasy-wise, he stays the same. You know, he's going to get less opportunities, but he's going to be on a team that scores more points because they're a better team, so it evens out. And I do think Debo and his rushing work, there's a knock-on effect there, and and Debo's less used in the running game. But, yeah, I just don't get it. Really, I don't know how McCaffrey improves this team to the point where where they think, I assume they think he's going to improve them to take them to the Super Bowl. But as I as I keep saying, I don't think running the ball was an issue for the Niners. What any of you two, what do you two make of the trade? Um, I actually like it for them. Um, I think they've probably probably thinking they're at a point where they need to. Um, you know they've they've got they've got players that are sort of teetering on the brink. You know Trent Williams is thirty, George Kittle's up around that age. Debo, how long has he got left? They've got a crop of players that are near, but they haven't been able to get over the edge. And for me, they're probably thinking, well, if we wait another season or two, you know, by the time they've aged out, we're not going to be there. And you know, I think whenever you get a chance to bring in a player like McCaffrey, obviously, yeah, injuries aside, you know, you've got to do it. And They've given up a lot in terms of numbers of picks, but I mean, you know, fourth and fifth round, fifth rounds next year. I, I don't think it's outrageous. I think the Rams have also shown that there's not as much value in draft capital as people think because, you know, it's one thing having picks. It's another thing actually picking good players. So for me, whether the Super Bowl this season is a realistic goal, I'm not sure. But does he improve your chances of winning? Yes. Did they need a spark? Yes. McCaffrey is available. Why, you know, why not go for him? Yeah, I think I lean more with Sharples. I think um, I, I think it's good for McCaffrey. I'll say that as from a fantasy football perspective, I think you know he, he's gone to a better team, better chance of winning, better running game. Um, so I, I think if, even if his touches are a bit limited compared to what he was getting in Carolina. They'll be more valuable. Um, I, the thing with the picks, obviously, second, third, fourth round picks this coming draft, and they don't maybe. have a and they don't have a first round as well. That's that's the yeah. the last kind of residue from the the Trey Lance mm-hmm. deal. So they don't so they don't pick next year until the fifth round, till like the second or third day of the I think the third day of the draft. They may there's no point in them being there for the first two days. Yeah, so. I mean, all I'll say is, you know, better work out and they better do pretty good this year and next year because, as you're saying, Al, they've they've not really done much to help the young quarterback who I assume is going to come back and be the starter. But um, overall, I'm I'm favourable. I think it's a good move for McCaffrey and ultimately a good move for the team. Just 
let's see. Let's see it then. Let's do something with it. Yeah, I mean, uh, as we said, we agree on the team, although I think I have to disagree from a fantasy point of view for McCaffrey. Uh, Lou, as, as a McCaffrey owner, I would much rather him be on that Panthers team getting 20, 25 carries a game and just see what happens. True, yeah, but this is the debate. It's like, do you get, would you rather 25 carries on uh, on a sort of poor Panthers offence or 13 carries on a San Francisco offence where he could come on and score two touchdowns? Like, it's one of them. It's like, they're going to be more valuable touches. I get it, you know, in fantasy football, volume is, is king, but it just seems seems like he's gone to a better offence. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like, I just think it's a lot to give up for McCaffrey, to be honest. Um, let's hope he doesn't get injured. Uh, and there was another trade this week. James Robinson traded to the Jets. Now, this was a really weird one. It was like it was already queued up before the weekend, even though it can't have been, because the trade's clearly a reaction to Brees Hall getting injured, but Robinson had no carries on Sunday. So, you know, it's it's very nice for ETN, because he, he looks great, even though he is quite, you know, small, so you don't know if he can be a bell cow back. But the, uh, the Michael Carter owners were kind of... Uh, Celebrating for about twelve hours. Um, yeah, what what do you lads make of this one? Um, I'm not really sure. <laughs> I don't know. It just it's sort of like I don't think it makes you any more excited about James Robinson, and it certainly doesn't make you any more excited about Michael Carter. Um, if if you're you know if you've got Travis Etienne on your team, then. Congratulations! You know you've got like, like we like we told people to do two weeks ago. We yeah. said go and get ETN. Yeah, um, but I don't know. I th- I think it's I I admire the move by the Jets because the move suggests we're in win now mode. The Jets aren't winning the Super Bowl, but I admire it. I I think you know I think it's the right mentality for this team who have been overachieving. Let's let's keep overachieving basically. Um, I, I prefer it for uh, again as a James Robinson owner. I prefer it for him just because the last few weeks in Jacksonville, uh, you know, fair play to Etienne, he completely just took over the reins. So for me, I'm going with the mindset of well, anything's better than the situation he was currently in. Hmm. Um, you know, he's on the last year of his contract. I think the Jags, to your point, Al, about it seemed like it was pre-arranged. I think they've been looking for a trade for him all season. Hall's gone down. They've probably rang up straight and away and gone. You know, here, here's James Robinson. Um, and yeah, for the Jets, I think it's a blow because I do like James Robinson, but he's not shown himself to be as dynamic as uh, Brees Hall. Um, but as you said, Lou, I think I think they're playing with house money this season. They're already overachieving, um, and so it's better to you know grasp at staying relevant. I think than not. So um, yeah, will he be there next season? Probably not. But if he plugs a gap for a bit, then works for all parties. Yeah, exactly. And see 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 what they've got in him, really. Yeah, and I just obviously triple down on Travis Etienne. If you own him, then well done. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of trades, there's obviously with the deadline coming up, there's there's names in my head. I'm just going to throw some out there, and each of you pick out a name and a team that you'd love to see him go for. Let's say uh, Kareem Hunt, Elijah Moore, DJ Moore, Chase Claypool. Hmm. Hmm. 
I would I like, like... Pill to Green Bay. I like Claypool to Green Bay. Oh, I, I was going to say Elijah Moore to Green Bay. Hello? I think DJ Moore or Claypool or Elijah Moore, any of those three wide receivers to the Browns would be interesting um, because the Browns mm, mm. need pass catchers, really. Um, Donny Peeps-J is fine. Um Amari Cooper is decent, but they've just they're just missing something. Um, and even if I mean this wouldn't happen, obviously because you know the Jets who have Elijah Moore have just traded for James Robinson, and Najee Harris is at uh, the Steelers, and and um, and DJ, and DJ Moore is um, is at the Panthers who are sort of tanking. But be interesting. You could like you know. Trade Kareem Hunt for one of those guys, because <laughs> um, you know any team could do with Kareem Hunt, solid running back. Oh yeah, more, more, more than solid. Kareem Hunt's shown to be a good enough starting running back in the league. Obviously, there was reasons why he got kicked off the Chiefs, but it, it does seem like it does seem like he, he's he's ready to go because the usage isn't what it's been. I will say that it's it's a nice idea thinking of all these young, talented wide receivers like the two Moors and Claypool on the Chiefs. But I think the Chiefs this year have shown us that that's not what they're doing anymore. Mm. You know, it's totally not what they're doing. But as Lou always says, we love accountability on this show. I've got the spreadsheet up, lads, of our player picks last week. Um. And it's a fantastic week because we've got what will be the worst pick of all time. <laughs> Lou, do you want to run us through it? Just run us through the whole story, then, Lou. Run us, for, run us through it all. Well, I told you. I, to, I told you my wide receiver pick was Alan Lazard, and he got injured. He did fine. So there we go. <laughs> um, I thought, as a mark of respect for a man's last game in the league, I would pick Matt Ryan. Um just because he's had a great career, so I was just picking him for the career more than the week. <laughs> Matt Ryan is—he uh, was my pick last week. He—he he went thirty-three forty-four through two hundred and forty-three yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Uh, scored you nine point nine two fantasy points, and he has subsequently been permanently benched by the Colts, who are going to ride with Erlinger. Um, Matt Ryan is. He's done for the year inexplicably. Matt Ryan, that's it. Uh, Al, can you can you tell us more about what went on and not humiliate me any further? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, let's just say that. So you've retired. You've retired someone, Lou. So that's the worst pick ever. But it was a really strange one because it kind of came out. It's kind of like they tried whispering it. It was like, oh, by the way, Matt Ryan's not playing for the rest of the season. And it's a bit like, you know, mm. it, it's not come out as in out for rest of season because of an injury. You know, they, they did say, oh, he's got an injury, so he won't play the rest of season. Uh, and he won't be the backup either. That's going to be Nick Foles. So it was a bit strange, but there was some clarity yesterday. You know, Frank Reich did come out and say, he, well, he got he got straight up asked, is was this going to happen regardless of the injury? He said yes. So let's not take the injury into account. Matt Ryan has been shut down for the season, not because of injury, because of his play. Um, 
I think it's probably come from the ownership, and I think that is because they were sick of how awful he looked. And I don't know the ins and outs of it, but it is something to do with, you know, his contract and the amount of games he plays and whether he plays next year. I'd a lot of people don't think he's going to play for the Colts next year. I don't think he, I think he retires in the next month. I'll be honest with you. Um, but they save a lot of money by not playing yeah. him, basically, because I they've seen enough. It's through seven weeks you've seen enough of this guy. And Lou, you were just saying to me this morning that it's got worse every year. It's gotten worse every year. You know, Rivers was actually quite good, and his last game that he played in the NFL, the playoff game, he, he played really well. And then Wentz was a bit worse than that, and then Matt Ryan's a bit worse than Wentz. It's just getting worse and. You know, they're probably seeing it like, we'll try this rookie out. You know, you know what you're getting with Nick Foles. There's no point putting him in there. We'll try this rookie out. On the off chance, he's the guy. He's the guy. If not, we go again and draft next year. I, I think this quarterback carousel, yeah, I think this quarterback carousel that they're on, they need to just stop doing that. Mm, I, I, part of it has to be has to be on the ownership and the head coach, whoever's recruiting, because Matt Ryan didn't look terrible last year, and I know he's just been dropped forever, but he is he is fourth in passing yards in the whole league. So, I mean, I don't know what that says, but, yeah, the contract thing's interesting. It was basically protecting them from losing any more money because if Matt Ryan played for longer this year and got an injury which meant that and and if he still had that injury when um, March rolled around next year when the new season rolls around and he couldn't play they would owe him money so basically they've seen him play gone god this guy's terrible he can't get it out of the pocket he's gonna get injured and if he gets injured we owe we owe him 17 million basically so it's a business decision more than anything why they've why they've dropped Matt Ryan if you don't get me wrong, if he was playing great, this would not have happened. You know, they've sort of his poor play has has led to this, but it is a business decision. It's not, you know, it's 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 not entirely on Matt Ryan, really. But what do you think, Sharps? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's I, I, to be fair. I think at the start of the season, I, I was pretty excited to see, to see what had, what had happened. I think obviously there was question marks with his age, but. Um, you know, he looked he looked okay in Atlanta. Um, I didn't. I thought, it, yeah, I thought it was an interesting pickup. I suppose they couldn't really get any worse from the Carson Wentz scenario, so it seemed positive. But yeah, I, th- I think it's it's the, it's the right move on their part. You know, as as you said, they've seen enough. Um, let's see what we've got in Ellinger, um, and then if not, yeah, we we go again in the draft. Um, but it, you know, it, I think I heard it on a on another podcast, but. Um, has has a has a retirement ever hurt a franchise more than oh, Andrew wow. Luck from the Colts? I know. Listen, I'm calling it though. You heard it here first. Baker Mayfield to the Colts next year. No, it can't be. He, he did, he did I'm just, just I'm just going off. No, I'm just going off the the downward trend, and I'm thinking, who can be worse than Matt yeah. Ryan? <laughs> The downward trend, it would be, it would be, it would be him. No, well, if it were going downwards, then they'd surely have to employ one of us three before they employ Mayfield. <laughs> I don't know. Um, what about the rest of your picks, though, Lou? They surely got better than than someone retiring on the field. Uh, you think, but Logan Thomas didn't play, so sorry about that one. Um, Alan Lazard, as I previously mentioned, he went 
six for 55, uh, 11.5 PPR points. So didn't kill you, but he came off in the third quarter, so I could have had more. And then I had a, a bit of a hit at running back, Ezekiel Elliott, um, 15 carries, 57 yards, and two touchdowns, 17.7 PPR points. Um, he's yeah. doing it in the red zone. He's doing it in the red zone, and Pollard isn't. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, not the best week for me. You certainly did better than Sharples, though. Phil's uh, <laughs> in Sharps. Yep. Not a good week for me either. Um, slightly better at quarterback than Lou, but not much better. I went for Tom Brady for the second uh, week in a row. Um, I don't even know what to say with this one. Um, I mean, how the hell are you supposed to forecast that a Panthers team that's absolutely disintegrating before our eyes will effectively shut out the books? Um, so I'm not even going to bother analysing it. Me and Tom are done for the year. Uh, that's done. Um, running back, uh, Alvin Kamara. Uh, no shame in this one. Um, his carries were just way down compared to the previous weeks. He had 23 and 19 going into into the game and uh, he only came out with 11. Um, and so I think that's because the Saints were trailing big going into the second half. They ran the ball a lot less. He only had 49 yards on the ground. Um, seven receptions for 56 yards, though, uh, props him open. With those kind of receiving numbers, he's never going to have a bad week. It's just him not getting in the end zone is is, is hurting him in terms of the ceiling. Um, and wide receiver went for CD Lamb. Uh, unfortunately, the, the game itself just wasn't the shootout that I and everyone else was hoping for. I think Amon Ra St. Brown going down on, I believe, the Lions' mm. first drive. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it was. But it was his first catch as well. Yeah, really took the sting out of the Detroit offense, and so that meant the Cowboys didn't have to sling it. Um, so Lamb only had six targets, which is the lowest he'd had all year. Previously, he hadn't had less than eight. Uh, and so obviously, yeah, that cut off his ceiling. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, given how he was forecasted, it, it is a bust. Um so yeah, I think given the potential of that matchup as well, you, you can see why uh, why people would be disappointed. Um, and then tight end Gerald Everett again, uh, fine, nice week for him. Uh, thankfully not too nice, sorry Al. Uh, but five receptions for 63 yards. Um, could have been a lot more actually. He had nine targets. Um, and I think going forward, he's 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 a good pickup because Keenan Allen, obviously we're not sure about him health wise. Mike Williams is uh, potentially out as well. I think. Um, and so, yeah, I think that'll keep uh, Everett interesting for the next few weeks. Yeah, Everett's a really nice player. I've got him and uh, Darren Waller in the league and obviously Waller coming off the injury. Uh, the next month's going to be tough to choose between them. Uh, but in terms of my picks, I went for two, you know, 15.9 points. It was a nice game back to see uh, against the Steelers as well. It's not the easiest matchup. So, you know, he's not killed you, but he's done fine. But... Big, big breakout game for Ken Walker. 28 fantasy points, 168 on the ground and two touchdowns. This guy is the real deal. Very excited about him season long. Um, He's already locked in. Forget about it, you know. He's just got that ability, that ability to bust a huge run and it's just gold dust in fantasy. Uh, Hopkins wide receiver... Did not miss a beat. Target machine, 20 fantasy points. He's locked in every week. And Hayden Hurst, uh, off his projection, he was a hit with 10 fantasy points. Did do the revenge game against the Falcons like I thought he would, but it's mainly because uh, the Bengals throw the ball 
all the time. Um, can I just ask Al quickly, um, when you were watching um, Ken Walker break off that 71-yard touchdown, were you thinking, oh great, this is a hit, or oh no, Sharps is about to beat me this week? I was thinking, <laughs> oh no, Sharps is about to beat me this week, obviously. Just checking. Um, yeah, because uh, two two losses in a row now for me in our main league, uh, not, not looking great, had a few stinkers this week, and just when I thought I might be able to claw it back, Ken Walker... Runs past the whole uh, Chargers defense. So again, target the Chargers with your running backs. Not this week though, because they're on by. Um, <laughs> speaking of Chiefs, only the Chiefs and Chargers on by. So might need to pick up some players from the waiver wire. I'll just rattle off mine. I've got a couple of wide receivers uh, that I think it's, they're going to be interesting picks interesting people to look at on the waiver wire this week so people rostered in less than 50% of leagues let's go Robbie Anderson Cardinals wide receiver he's had a week to get acclimated now um, into this system I think they're going to use him you know you're hoping that that was the turning point last week for the Cardinals putting up that many points so he's out there in a lot of leagues I would definitely pick him up as potentially the number two on this offense uh Josh Palmer as well, coming back from an injury. Chargers wide receiver, as we just mentioned. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, not healthy at the minute. And Herbert is throwing it a million times a game. Might be the week to get him if you've got a spur bench spot and you can sneak him in while the Chargers are on the bye week, then do so. If you haven't, though, wait until next week and pick him up. But he could be a key part of the offense. As a player that had a lot of buzz coming into the season, I thought, and, you know, you've not seen much of it yet. We're hoping that's just down to injuries. And, yeah, um, Lou, who have you got? Uh, Gus Edwards running back for the Ravens. Looks like he's the preferred option at running back. Um, came back this week, first game back, first game of the season, straight away led the team in attempts and also scored two touchdowns. So we know that they like him in Baltimore. So I'm confident we've... Dobbins out, um, if Gus can stay healthy, he'll, he's going to lead that backfield. And another running back, Jermichael Hasty um, of the Jaguars. He's rostered in no leagues, because why would he be before this week? Um, but looks like he's now going to be the number two in the Jags' backfield behind Etienne. So, a bit of an insurance pickup, first and foremost, but... He has actually been used already this year in a few games. He's even scored a touchdown already. And as you mentioned a little bit before, Al Etienne doesn't really fit the mould physically of your typical workhorse running back. So I doubt they'll go all out with him. Um, that's a surefire way to get him injured, actually. Um, I'm not saying it's going to be like a sort of 50-50 split that Etienne had with Robinson at the start of the year. But maybe, you know, maybe... 70-30, 75-25, Hasty and Etienne, so I think he's worth a pick-up. Shapples. Um, so first of all, I went for uh, Marquise Goodwin, uh, wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks. A bit of a deep dive, he's only rostered 3% of league, so he's certainly available. Uh, yeah, he popped off last week, two touchdowns. Um, I think if DK and Metcalf misses time, which it looks like he might well do, should see a little bump in targets. Geno Smith showed that he's not afraid to target him, so I think he's worth a punt. 
Uh, and then also I've gone for Greg Dulcich, the rookie tight end from the Broncos. Uh, he was injured to start the season. Uh, he's played uh, two career games now, and he's he's been quite involved. He got nine targets last week. Um, he was the highest-ranked tight end in the draft, and he's starting to show why. And I think he could be a real steal for the tight end slot. I think if you've been streaming tight ends and haven't, haven't quite found one you've settled on, I think he could be a guy that you put in your team and he stays in for the rest of the season. Yeah, very nice, very nice. So let's now properly look forward to week eight. And we're obviously going to start with... Forget about it! Players that are locked into your lineup that we don't need to say anything else about. At the quarterback position, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. And lads, just give me a noise on this one. I'm putting him in here, but just just before our mate chips in, give me a noise on this one. Lamar Jackson. Oh. Oh. Forget about it. At running back, Saquon Barkley, Derek Henry, Josh Jacobs, Alvin Kamara, CMC, Taylor Chubb, Pierce Mixon, and new addition, Ken Walker. Forget about it! Wide receiver, Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup, Chase Diggs, Jefferson, Adams, Debo, and welcome back, DeAndre Hopkins. Forget about it! And sitting there all alone this week, tight end, Mark Andrews. Forget about have it! A guess, have a guess, lads. Why Mark Andrews is there all alone this week? Um, because Chiefs are yeah. a bye. It's just because Travis Kelsey isn't playing. That that. Although, um, <laughs> after last week's performance, Al, I might uh might have to challenge Mark Andrews. Forget about his status. He was he was a bit banged up. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm joking. Was... But that man, not point four <laughs> fantasy points. The man physically hurt me. If he's not going to play, don't play him, and then I'll find a tight end stream. Don't put him on, yeah. give him two targets, and then one rush. I'm not going to get into this now, <laughs> but I was not happy with that. Look, Chapels, can I, can I forget about it, friend? Go home now. He's done his job. He was waiting. He was, yeah, sorry, mate. Yeah. Sorry, mate. Yeah, no, no, he's, he's waiting for you. He's waiting. No, it's Thanks, fine, pal. Yeah, we're keeping him in. Thanks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> week eight, player picks, though. Players who were were getting into our spreadsheet. We're going to add these up at the end of the season, but players who we really love this week in week eight. Lou, give me your wide receiver first. I'm going to go with Chris Olave this week, wide receiver for the New Orleans Saints. Um, through the six games played, the Raiders have given up 13 passing touchdowns and nearly 1,600 receiving yards and only had three interceptions this year and that's who the Saints are playing so they're against a secondary that's been pretty rubbish um, the Raiders are also allowing the highest quarterback rating in the league and have recorded the uh, joint fewest sacks in the league so the defensive the defensive line has also been crap um, whoever's at quarterback for the Saints whether it be Andy Dalton or, uh, or Jameis Winston should have plenty of time and opportunities to connect with the wide receivers. Olave leads the team in targets, receptions and receiving yards. So he's sort of been thrust into that number one wide receiver role due to injuries to Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry. But he's delivered and he's looked great. And I think he keeps it going this week. Yeah, well, what's the deal with them not like properly announcing who the quarterback is? It's like the is the guy who used to be the Burrs coach on the staff now. What was he called? Him who like thought he could like trick people by not. What was he called? That Burrs coach. 
Yeah. <laughs> is, he, yeah. is he on the staff at the Saints? It's or not, and it's not exactly. It's not exactly like going. Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna, we might be starting. Oh, Lamar Jackson. Oh, or Patrick Mahomes. Oh, who, who, the rushing quarterback or the one who can just launch it. It's Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston. Like, who cares? It's the same. Yeah, I know. I've never known two players to be so similar in the play. By the way, just getting an athletic notification now. Uh, Mike Williams is going to be out minimum four weeks. So I, I'd be surprised if they don't put him on the IR. Um, Sharples, though, what's your wide receiver saying? Uh, my wide receiver, uh, I've gone for Tyler Lockett of the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I think DK Metcalf is questionable, um, but from what I'm hearing, it's looking like he's set to miss what would be his first game ever through injury. Never missed a game for the Seahawks, which I thought was mad. Um but Lockett's been averaging a healthy eight targets a game while Metcalf's on the pitch. So with him off it, I think the extra volume freed up should prove valuable. Giants defense aren't, uh, you know, no joke. They're the third best against fantasy wide receivers and they will bring the pressure into Geno Smith. But he's won my confidence this season. I think he'll find Lockett on some big plays. Um, and so, yeah, I like uh, Tyler Lockett in this matchup. Yeah, you were a big hit with Tyler Lockett a few weeks back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going DJ Moore. Carolina Panthers. Uh, this one's pretty simple. I'm just shamelessly, re- I'm just shamelessly chasing last week's ten targets. You know, hoping that was down to PJ Walker's tendency of targeting DJ Moore because he does target him on average about nine times a game over the past three seasons when he's played. Uh, he's just super talented and he's got the best matchup for wide receivers in the Falcons this week. So I am picking DJ Moore. Uh, lose your tight end. Tight end and going Harrison Bryant uh, of the Browns. David Njoku's, he's been decent this year. Um, Njoku's been catching five more passes and gaining 70 plus yards in four of seven games played. Um, but as mentioned before, he's injured now. So Bryant becomes the tight end starter. And Bryant's been decently involved as the backup anyway, seeing four or more targets in four games. Um, on the whole, as well, the Browns' tight ends are averaging. 9.5 targets a game, which is a 30% target share on that team. That's the third most in the league. So obviously, quarterback Jacoby Reset likes to target the tight end, which has been a theme his whole career. So I don't think with Njoku out, that's going to change. Um, and this week, they're against the Bengals defence, who've given up the seven most receptions and yards to tight ends. So with Njoku injured, Wall is still questionable. Kelsey and Gerald Everett on buys. And a handful of pretty hard matchups for some notable tight ends. I think Bryant could be a decent start. Yeah, Sharples. Uh, I've gone for Dallas Goddard, um, tight end for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, he was on a bye last week, and the week before he had his worst uh, fantasy output um, of the season against the Cowboys. But in that game, he was being asked to block a lot more than normal because the right tackle for the Eagles, Lane Johnson, went down with a concussion. Um, he's had a week now to recover. It's not confirmed that he's, he's going to be back in, but I think he will be. Um, and so with that, if Johnson's back in, Goddard should be back running route, showing why he's in that top uh, five tight end conversation, uh, conversation. So yeah, Dallas Goddard this week for me. And I'm going Pat Frymouth of the Steelers. Look, he's he's just ne- he's necessary to this team. Uh, when he's on the field, he, he's got guaranteed targets around eight a game. Uh, and his only bust week has, has come when he, when he got injured and knocked out of the game. 
Um, even this past week, he was on the field for 20% fewer snaps than he usually is, and he still had nine targets and eight receptions. So, you know, we always said chase opportunity, especially at the tight end position. The Eagles matchup is it's tough, and it's tougher than it looks on paper as well. But as I said, he, he's just uh, essential to this offense, and he has to be started weekly. And like Lou and you just alluded to, Sharples, it, it's pretty pretty stingy this week at tight end it's hard mm. to pick so you go in with the opportunity and I'm going uh, Pat Fry move how about running back Lou going to go with Miles Sanders Philadelphia Eagles um, he's seen at least 15 opportunities in every game this year uh, he's 7th in rush attempts per game and he's averaging over 80 rushing yards per game which is fantastic numbers the Eagles on a whole are averaging the most rushing attempts per game in the league. That's the core of this offense. That's how they've been winning games. Um, the heavy home favorites uh, against the Steelers. Vegas has them like 10.5 point favorites. So Pittsburgh haven't been a defense that scourged you all year, really. Um, the middle of the pack against the run and the giving away bottom 12 numbers to fantasy running backs. So I think the great, they think the game script is going to allow Philly to run the ball as much as they want to and uh, that'll give Sanders plenty of work and scoring opportunities. I like that. Uh, Sharples? Yeah, I've gone with the, with the man that we've been hyping up this episode, uh, running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, Travis Etienne. Um, in the past few weeks, he's... He's been taking the bulk of the workload in the backfield, but obviously now with Robinson out the way, there's scope for even more touches. Um, the Broncos are no pushover on defense, but with with that volume, it's just too tempting to pass up, especially when you combine it with the potential receiving work. I think the game itself isn't going to be brilliant. It might be quite low scoring, but to be honest, in those kind of games, running backs don't tend to suffer that much because it's sort of like a grind it out, you know, unlike wide receivers. So not too worried about the match, I think, yeah. Purely because of the volume and the talent, I think Travis Etienne will have a yeah a very nice week this week. I love that Etienne was going to be mine, but you got the first Sharples. So instead, I, I I did a bit of maths. I'm going to do a bit of maths. I'm gonna I'm gonna do I'm gonna have opportunity plus matchup plus eye test, and I'm going with Raheem Mostert. So opportunity, almost twenty touches per game. Matchup Detroit, they're awful against the run and the leaking points. And eye test, I think he's the fastest guy I've ever seen. So all of that <laughs> adds up to a lineup lock for me on Raheem Mostert this week. And runners off at quarterback, Lou. Right, so after we all shared a nice slice of cake at Matt Ryan's retirement party, though, uh, wanted to play it safe this week, go with a player of consistency who's Reliable, you know, never been divisive. Um, so that's why I'm going with Daniel Jones. <laughs> um, At least he's not going to retire. He's too young. True. Um, he's been leading this Giants team to some impressive wins, to be fair. Um, I know the defence has shown up, but they still need to score points to win, and Jones has been playing a key role in that. This week he's up against the Seahawks defense, who are bottom ten in yards and touchdowns and fantasy points given up to quarterbacks. They've also given up the seventh most rushing yards to quarterbacks, and Daniel Jones is averaging fifty rushing yards a game. So, I think this is going to be a very competitive game. Um, it's going to force Jones to move the chains in whatever way he can, which he has been doing all year, uh, and. 
yeah, I, I think the only worry is in Seattle, let's hope it's not windy. Uh, Sharples. Yep, I too have gone for a, a model of consistency at the quarterback position. Um, I've gone for Tua Tagovailoa for the Miami Dolphins. Um, I just think that with DeAndre Swift and St. Brown both hopefully returning back into the uh, Detroit lineup, um, Tua will have the need to keep pushing the tempo on offense. Uh, I think it should hopefully be quite a, a high-scoring game. And he's got two absolute studs in Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle to throw at. Um, and while the Lions have a couple of nice pieces, like Aiden Hutchinson, the potential Rookie of the Year on defense, they're still giving up the most fantasy points in the league. And so I think that is a nice concoction for Tua to hopefully come back and have another 40-point game like he did in uh, Week 2. Mate, Sauce Gardner's got Defensive Rookie of the Year locked down. I'm telling mm, you. Yeah, Sauce looks good. Sauce looks good. I'm going Kyler Murray for my quarterback this week. He was actually pretty good for fantasy last week considering he only threw one touchdown. He had 17 points. Uh, and this week he plays the Vikings. You're hoping for a shootout here. You know, he's got a nice 49 point over under. Uh, and he has Hopkins back, which, like I said last week, it, this offense clearly benefited from that familiarity with Hopkins because they've been successful with him in the past. Uh, so they were they were very nice with him the other day. Even though there was there was a couple of defensive defensive uh, touchdowns for the Cardinals, but you know the offense did look a lot better than it has done. Um, and I think there's something to be said about how this wide receiver setup has had another week to settle. You know, Hopkins is back and Hollywood's out for the season and that's how things are now. You know, you don't have players swapping roles because they're waiting for Hopkins to return or Rondell Moore to get over a knock. This is who they are now. They're all in position. They all know the roles. So we're hoping to see some kind of cohesion in this passing game. Also, the two Russian quarterbacks that have played the Vikings so far this season, Hurts and Fields, both got around that 50-yard mark, so Kyler could have some success on the ground if, you know, Cliff Kingsbury decides to grow a brain and uh, run him. So, yeah. And but, I'm pretty sure I heard he's completed Modern Warfare too. so... Oh, love it. <laughs> love it. So, <laughs> is he 100%ed it, though? Oh, maybe not, so... Manage your expectations. Maybe he plays online. Um, well, week eight matchups. Um, our clocks go back this weekend, by the way. So we get a London game and a 5 p.m. red zone start. So best weekend Ooh. of the year. Oh, yeah. Uh, I will say, before we get into your tealer shapples, I will say that this is possibly the most fantasy relevant Thursday night game we've had yet with the Ravens at the Bucks. I mean, I was torn on this one because on paper, yes, would 100% agree. But obviously, given Buccaneers' ludicrous display last week, I think it's a bit more up in the air. But, um, but I mean, there's still I don't think it's still changed how many players you've got in this game if you're a fantasy player. Oh, no, definitely not. You're starting them all. It's just you're a bit more nervous than you'd normally be. Yeah. Uh, what about that tier list, though? What What's it looking like this week? What's the distribution? Um, better, better than in previous weeks, I have to say. Um, I've gone, I'm hopeful, maybe a bit optimistic on these two for the great games, but I think with the return of Hopkins, the Vikings Cardinals could be a bit of a shootout. And also, it could end up being a blowout, but I think the Bills Packers will end up being quite close. I think if you're a betting person, I would certainly bet on Packers to, uh, to, to beat the spread. 
Uh, and I think that could be a bit of a nail biter. Yeah, I was about to say it's currently minus 10.5 for the Bills. I expect that line to move because I can see plenty of people, myself included, taking the Packers there. You know, I know this season yep. hasn't been good, but you're giving me two Aaron Rodgers and two scores. Come on. Yep. Yes, please. Um, I think the Raiders and Saints could be a sneaky good game. And it's funny that the Patriots at Jets and Giants at Seahawks are both games that coming into the season you would not have thought would be as interesting as they are now. Uh, Lou, what what games are you looking forward to watching or not watching? Um, I'm looking forward to watching the Giants and Seahawks game, like you just mentioned. Two teams who have who both look good, who are very much overachieving uh, in terms of what people thought of them. And you know, I I just I think that can be a really close comp- competitive game. Um, uh, in terms of the Ravens Buccaneers, would have been excited for that at the start of the year. Not really that excited for it, and. The game I won't be watching is the Broncos and the Jags. You stole my thing, mate. You stole my thing. I'm not watching the Panthers at the Falcons. But before you get into your before you get into your bottom tier of game chapels, I I'm desperate to know what tier the 49ers at Rams is, because I am not as excited for this game as I should be. Yeah, I've got it in the meh category. Yeah. I think that sums it up perfectly. Um it's a shame at the start of the season. I think it would have been get you know knocking on that upper echelon, but they've just not been that exciting either teams. Um, you know, and I don't think McCaffrey's had enough time to learn the play, but yeah, so I don't think he's going to sparkle. So yeah, I just think it's it's going to be a bit of a flat game personally. Mm. And what's in that bottom tier, Sharps? So a couple that we mentioned: Jaguars, Broncos, obviously Falcons, Panthers, obviously uh texans titans don't like the look of and surprise it hasn't come up yet colts commanders because that's gonna stink that's why it's not come I up i think yeah. yeah i think we didn't mention it on purpose so ah, trying, it's to, purpose. trying to forget about its existence it just brings yeah. the whole mood down to be fair yeah but yeah that's that's gonna do us for this week thank you very much for listening once again lads any closing thoughts this week yeah, just as as you mentioned, clocks go back. So just remember, um, all the games from Sunday onwards are an hour earlier. So don't be waiting to set your lineup at half past five because the games will be on. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just say you know, you play the bird gauntlet. You either win or uh, go two and one and lose against the Cardinals. Yeah. Well, Matt Ryan, thank you for your service, sir. See you all <laughs> next week. Goodbye. <laughs> See ya. Rest in peace, Matt.